Hello, everyone. Welcome to the message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio, for Sunday, February the 11th, 2024. Thank you so much for joining me today. We appreciate you being here. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. Thank you for being here. Lord, we are ready now to pause and hear you speak to us through the power of the Spirit. We thank you for how you have just been with us the entire time as we've gone through moments of greatness and moments of deep sorrow. And yet you remain constant in our lives and you go through those same things in the same manner that you showed Martha and her family about Lazarus and how you weeped for what was happening as well too. Lord, we know that you indeed, because you are a God of emotion, recognize the pain that we go through and experience when we lose a loved one. Lord, help us through those moments. Lord, remind us of the how we indeed have the victory through salvation in you, that we have eternal life through you, and we thank you for your presence today. Bless us and keep us, Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I've mulled over this particular message for a few weeks now. It's um, It's been kind of tough. I'm prayerfully trusting that the Spirit is going to provide wisdom for those of you who have lost loved ones and are pondering over what those experiences mean to you right now. My mother's passing was the conclusion of a long season of elder care and ensuring that she was in the best place that she could be given her condition. The thoughts that follow are an acknowledgement of her life, but also a call to those who need reassurance about the goodness of God, how much he loves us, and how he desires for us to embrace his salvation. As many of you already know, I was actively involved in helping my mother in her later years. The memories I'm about to share of mom are entirely from my account of the events. Their other family members weren't necessarily involved in these. But as I go through these, I hope you're going to see that there is one foundational element for each one of them, and they pertain to how God was ever-present in the good days that she had and in those moments that weren't so good. Even when we are not at our best, God reassures us that he has never left us. He doesn't promise immunity from health issues or problems in our life, but he does promise that he is always with you. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Deuteronomy chapter 31, and let's look at verse 8. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. This particular passage will be from the New Living Translation. Verse 8. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Amen. What a blessing. And his words are true. I've felt them. I've experienced them myself. So here's the first account uh, regarding my mom. Ernest W. Stevens Jr., my mom's brother, uh, Uncle Sonny to me and my brother Kevin, was certainly a character in his own right. <laughs> I had the pleasure of getting to know Sonny a bit more. 
he became a man of faith and married Louise, a very sweet woman, who could handle Sonny for good measure. They both attended the first church that I had joined in 1987, Bible Baptist Church in Bedford, Ohio. From our conversations, I learned that Mom had a very close relationship with Sonny. When Sonny passed away in December of 2010, my mom expressed the desire to go to Sonny's funeral. Now, at that time, that really caught me off guard. In 2010, my mom had slowed down considerably, and her cognitive ability was steadily declining. The daily visits to her house were now like a pass-fail grade at this point. Some days were okay. Others were not so good when her dementia was more active. I wondered to myself, how in the world am I going to get her to Sonny's memorial service? It was in Willoughby Hills, and there was a day-to-day concern that she would just not be ready or able to go when the day finally arrived. It was necessary to pray and petition the Lord over the event and appeal for mom to be in the best shape for the trip. Well, to this day, I give glory to the Lord over the outcome. The day of the service, when I picked her up at her home, she was on time and ready to go. I checked what she was wearing, and after a small musing that I kept to myself, gave her a mental thumbs up for it being good enough to go, (laughs) and we went to the service. All I can say is that my mom sat through the lengthy car ride, it's about 40 minutes, and the entire service. She was peaceful and pleasant. After the service, she was lucid, conversational, and very polite with the other family members who were present. In my mind, I was absolutely stunned. I was waiting for something bad to happen. It never did. The service was beautiful, and she also really enjoyed it. It must have meant a lot to her to be able to say goodbye to her brother. And the Lord granted her that privilege. I was reminded by the Lord that my ways of thinking and processing what was happening with my mom were not his ways. He is a sovereign God who operates in the eternal present. He knows all about what's going on, about every person involved. If you go to Isaiah 55, and let's take a look at that. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. And we'll read those verses together. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. And I'll be reading this from the New King James Version. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That is why I simply needed to trust God, watch him work through the matter, and give him the glory for the wonderful outcome. Now, upon reflection, it was the Lord being sensitive to the special brother-sister relationship that my mom had with Uncle Sonny. And he granted her the peace necessary to allow her to see the event through as she paid her respects. It was in my mind a miraculous event. It went well beyond my reasoning, but who knows the hearts of his people better than God himself? Take a look at, please, at Psalm 139. We're going to read the first 10 verses of Psalm 139. 
Psalm 139, verses 1 through 10. And these will be in the English Standard Version, but I want you to hear what the Lord is saying about you and me, frankly, who we are. Verse 1, Psalm 139. To the choir master, a psalm of David. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. How important are these words of Scripture? They are words that remind you of the omnipresent, which means all-present, all-present Heavenly Father, all-present God. He is capable of being everywhere at the same time. There are no nooks or crannies or hiding places that are elusive to him. He is always available, 24-7-365. And he knows who you are. Here's another example for you to, as an account of uh, my relationship with mom at a time in her life that others aren't really readily aware of. Mom was at Forest Hills Place from 2015 through the end of 2022. In early 2020, Mom contracted COVID, as well as her fellow residents. She was in bed and having difficulty breathing. It was a very difficult time because no one knew what they were dealing with back then. Even the hospice nurses were freaked out. But none of those things mattered. God never left her presence. The Lord provided wisdom to me and to her doctor. We discussed her health, and after she was given a bed by hospice that would allow her to sit up and breathe more easily, the doctor suggested we give mom a Z-Pack, Zithromax antibiotic, of course. That's what they're called. Um, <clears throat> and he declared in doing so, what do we have to lose? The Z-Pack was administered to her. Pardon me, a second run of it was added, and with fervent prayer and petitions to God, he healed her from COVID. It wasn't very long before she was back to her baseline of walking throughout the facility during much of the day and getting her daily exercise. The Lord heals our afflictions, and that's true. But he's also there as our spiritual healer. We need his healing touch in our lives. It's really a requirement. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. My lovely bride reminded me the other day that mom had words of scripture written everywhere throughout the house. She would write them inside book jackets, legal pads, and newspapers. 
They were everywhere. This is very important. And that as my mother's memory of people and places began to fade, her knowledge and understanding of Scripture was still at the forefront. The root of her understanding began with who Jesus Christ is. She was raised in a Christian household. Jesus declares in his word that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. That's in John 14, 6. Abraham believed in God, and it was his faith in the Lord that made him righteous before God. Genesis 15, 6. And it was because of that relationship that Abraham was truly a friend of God. James 2, James chapter 2, verse 23. As for you and me, we understand that faith in God is absolutely necessary, absolutely necessary to please him. Hebrews 11, 6. And while we sin and fall short of God's glory, it is our belief in Jesus Christ that assures us of his redemption because of what he did on the cross for us. Romans chapter 3, verses 22 through 25, and Romans 5, verses 8 and 9. Mom declared that Jesus was her personal Lord and Savior. And understand this for all that this is worth. She declared it while she was still able to do it in the soundness of her own mind. While she was able to do it in the soundness of mind. She did it while she was able to do it. In God's grace, she was able to make that decision on her own. The plight that many people have today is to believe that there is still an abundance of time to live in the manner that they choose. We have a lot of people today who are professional gamblers of time without even realizing what the stakes are. Not too far from here are a number of casinos where you can go and spend a few pennies and nickels to try to turn them into dollars. You can even play games online or wager money on sporting, sporting events right from your smartphone. In wagering, there's always going to be winners and losers. My contention is that the most important decision in your life that you can ever make has nothing to do with money. It has to do with your life. And your nemesis is time. I want you to take a look at Psalm 139. Go back to Psalm 139 where we were earlier. And you're going to drop down to verse 16. Psalm 139, verse 16. Psalm 139, verse 16. And this will be from the New Living Translation. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. What does that mean? The Lord knows how long you're going to be here. The Lord knows, I don't, but the Lord knows how long I'm going to be here. The gamble is in that you do not know how much time you have left. My mother faced that same dilemma 
And it was made even more complicated when she received the diagnosis of early onset Alzheimer's disease. That is why it is important to not leave such an important decision out there without settling it once and for all. Settle the matter now about your salvation while you're able. Jesus came to earth for the sole purpose of providing every person who believes in him salvation and eternal life. In John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, the New King James Version, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I want you to turn to Romans 10, and let's look at verses 9 through 11. Romans 10, verses 9 through 11. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. New Living Translation. Verse 9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jesus came because God loves us. And he offers us the gracious gracious gift of salvation for those who believe in him. God loved my mother. And he still loves her. She was selected by God and created as an eternal being. While it is difficult to comprehend why some have to go through Alzheimer's disease and dementia, our sovereign God remains wholeheartedly committed to loving everyone that experiences this terrible disease and other terrible diseases. Take a look at Psalm 22. We'll just see a passage I found here that was very interesting. Psalm 22, verse 24. I'm going to be reading uh, the passage from the New American Standard uh, Bible Version. Psalm 22, verse 24. Verse 24, Psalm 22. For he has not despised nor scorned the suffering of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, he heard. He has empathy for those who are afflicted because he suffered when he went to the cross for all of us. So naturally, he has empathy for all of us who are going through suffering. Jesus has empathy, and he calls for everyone to take refuge into his presence. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. 
How valuable is that passage? Salvation in Jesus requires believing in the deity and authority of Jesus in your life before you can't do it. Yes, there comes a point in your life where you can't do it. You can't do it when your mind is unable to form the words or the thought. For most of us, that is at the moment of death. But God has control over those who believe and trust in him and his words. And death here does not have to be the end. It is a transition. There is eternal life to behold and experience. Go to Psalm 116. I want you to look at verses 15 through 19. Psalm 116, verses 15 through 19. Look at this passage. I, I know I've read it before, but I don't remember these exact words, but they're very poignant. Psalm 116, verses 15 through 19. Verse 15. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant, born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. And we need to see this when we transition to where the Lord is, yes, we will indeed recognize that we are no longer in bondage. We have been freed from bondage, freed from those chains. And what we'll be doing is, frankly, we'll be calling on the Lord, the name of the Lord, worshiping him, giving praise. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. When Jonah was praying while he was inside the fish, in complete darkness, all that he could do was offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God. That's in Jonah chapter 2, verse 9. And there comes a point in time when there's nothing left for you and you can't move in your bed and you, wherever you're lying your head, it is all that you can do to muster up a thought of words to acknowledge God, just like Jonah did. And God's going to hear you. At the end of the day, he knows the heart of every person. Please turn to Matthew chapter 5. Let's look at verses 3 and 4. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. Verse 3. This is from the New Living Translation. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn. For they will be comforted. For moments in life, we're definitely in a time of mourning. But as we trust in Jesus, we know that our sorrow will meet with joy because the joy is coming from the Lord. 
And it's also because we know where mom is. Eternity is where we will all meet mom. She'll be there and we'll have the ability to worship and praise the Lord without restriction or limitation. Whatever union that'll be one day. Praise the Lord and amen and hallelujah. We know this because we remain focused on the goodness of God, the goodness of Jesus Christ. Please take a look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Thank you, Lord. This will be in the living, New Living Translation. Hebrews 12, verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Scripture records what is most likely the last chance moment when a person acknowledges Jesus Christ. And that acknowledgement means acknowledging him as Lord and Savior, a personal Lord and Savior. It is the account of the two thieves who were crucified at the same moment that Jesus was on the cross. Take note of Luke's account here. Go to Luke 23. Let's look at Luke 23, verses 39 through 43. And I think it's important for most of us to see this particular passage because we wonder if we've lived a life where we haven't been faithful to the Lord or doing what we were supposed to do. There's always hope as long as you have breath and life to make that part right. Luke 23, verses 39 through 43. This is the NIV version. Verse 39, Luke 23. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Verse 42. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Amen. Jesus knew the heart of the repentant thief. He welcomed him into the kingdom of God right then and there. And his words ring true for anyone who believes in the saving power of Jesus Christ. He is our salvation. He knows where your heart is too. Jesus is waiting for you to make the decision to believe and trust in him. Trust in him today while you're able. Let's pray. Father, we pray for anyone and everyone within the sound of my voice, wherever it plays, wherever it goes, wherever it's shared, that the people who hear it who do not know who you are will make the fateful decision 
to recognize you as Lord and Savior of their lives. And Lord, we know that they don't have to have complete knowledge of who you are, but they just need to acknowledge that you're Lord and Savior and that you have control over the li- their very lives, that you have very control over their, the destination of their souls. You know who they are. They still need to learn about you, but Lord, you already know all about them. And Lord, we pray for people to develop a heart for you because that's where it begins. It has to start with having a heart for you. And the matter of salvation for them is taken care of because you believe, they believe in you and recognize that you have done the work already to pay for their sins, make an account for their sins. You've gone to the cross. You died on the cross. You shed your blood from the cross. And Lord, after being in the tomb for three days, you were raised because you had victory over death. You had victory over sin. And because of that, we recognize that if we believe in you, we have eternal life with you. Lord, I pray for those people right now that they trust and believe in you. And Lord, if they have questions, put someone in their lives that is nearby that can readily answer those questions for them. And we thank you, Lord, for the teaching that you give to us. Thank you, Lord, for the encouragement. We miss my mom today, but we'll see her again soon. We'll see her again with you. And we thank you for that promise because you make that promise to us throughout Scripture that you love us, you care about us, you're concerned for us, you have empathy for us. May we not put you to the side any longer. May we recognize you as Lord and Savior of our lives. And we thank you. And bless us and keep us, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We appreciate you being here for today's message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church for Sunday, February 11th, 2024. Thank you for being here today. God bless you and take care of yourselves. We'll see you around the corner, and we'll see you next time. Take care.